2: This podcast is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. The culture is
1: the culture. It's 4 to 6 A to B, competitive excellence, and the Brotherhood. The plan to win uh, has
2: never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. <laughs> Welcome back to 4 to 6 with A&B, your high State podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is Bill Landis, joined by Ari Oxman. Ari, Ohio State, like, has nothing to worry about now, right? Everyone, the, the college football world is totally on fire. Ohio State is exactly in the position we thought they'd be in, which is, you know, just when you're going to the playoff. And you, you might, I don't know, you might be the second best team in the country right now.
1: Buddy, I was on uh, Andy Staple's show on Saturday night after all the games. And this isn't a plug, but I said, Andy, who is the second best team in America right now? And he looked at me in the eyes and said, Ohio State, that's where we're at right now.
2: Wow. I mean, probably, maybe, maybe. What what did you, what did you think of that? Do you think he was crazy?
1: I don't think he's crazy. I, I don't know that I feel strongly about it either way. I think that if there were a top four right now, I would, considering everything, Ohio State might be three or four because, you know everybody's got a, a scarlet letter right is that the right thing to say
2: everyone except for Georgia I guess yeah yeah Cincinnati. Uh, Oklahoma yeah like they kind of do even though they they haven't lost
1: well Oklahoma decided to bench their Heisman favorite quarterback with a five-star freshman so like that's where they're at right now and
2: I uh I watched a five-minute cut up of Caleb Williams highlights like right before we started recording this holy shit that gets good <laughs> That kid's unbelievable.
1: Well, it's just another reminder. Uh, And it's like, it's funny because we discuss the hierarchy of quarterbacks and the way that there's supposed to be a natural progression. And, you know, we try to look here's who's committed, here's who's in the class, here's uh, who's going to be committed next year, who's on the roster, and here's how it's going to go. And it's just like, if Spencer Rattler can get benched in week five in a rivalry game, then there's no rhyme or reason for any single thing that ever occurs in this entire planet. So when it comes to the quarterback position and it's like CJ Stroud, now all of a sudden is a Heisman favorite. There's like one of the top three Heisman favorites. When we were discussing whether or not he should be benched (laughs) three weeks ago, temporarily three weeks ago,
2: Yeah,
1: this is, I will say, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, that was the most eventful college football Saturday of the last five, 10 years. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I think so.
1: Individually. And I was right about a lot of things. I was wrong about a lot of things, but what I think I was wrong about was like not talking about Ohio state and the playoff until November, because it's just like Ohio state looks like itself again. And I know that Maryland Rutgers and Akron have a large part of, you know, what to do with that, but buddy Ohio state and all their issues is like the norm right now. It's not like there's like seven or eight teams right now that are awesome. And then Ohio State's like trying to repair itself. It's like there's one team that hasn't been questioned on either side of the ball all year. And maybe even at the beginning of the year, Georgia was questioned on the offensive side of the ball with, you know, not scoring against Clemson. But I mean, who if there's there has to be a two, three and four. And I think Ohio State is pretty clearly one of the two, three or four. This version of Ohio State even.
2: Yeah, the version of Ohio State we've seen <clears throat> the last two weeks, I think, is is kind of what we expected, which is to say like not an absolute train wreck on defense, like perhaps approaching kind of good on defense um, and just like a buzzsaw like their offense is unreal right now. Um, and like even like they couldn't even run the ball particularly well against Maryland. I think Maryland was like kind of selling out. On that in the beginning of the game, they still ended up with fine numbers and Trevion Henderson got his 100 yards and two touchdowns like it was fine. I didn't think they would like struggle in a way that gave me concern. But it also didn't matter because like CJ Stroud on those receivers were just slicing up that defense all day. And like this is this is the vision. I think this is the vision for what a Ohio State team that could contend for a national title would look like this year. Um no, because this is how
1: it was always supposed to be, though, man. Yeah, that's the craziest thing about this of all the discussion. The, what was the, the, the podcast discussion after Oregon game the Sunday morning after the Oregon game? We sat here and we dissected Kerry Combs, his placement on the field or in the box, whether or not it was too soon to hire him. Um, if Ohio State's defense was fixable, their personnel issues. And it's just like, dude, uh, we almost forgot that Ohio State was supposed to score 55 points a game and it's supposed to be fine. Now I don't think that the two thousand Ravens are going to be walking through the Ohio Stadium door anytime soon. <laughs> but if yesterday when I was watching the uh, the Maryland game, me and my friend were playing a game texting, how many plays before Ohio State scores on this drive, and it was always like five or six, and they nailed it like eighty percent of the time. It wasn't even a matter of are they going to score; it was how quickly are they going to score, and like that Ohio State team, that identity, uh, a quarterback that feels good about himself. Uncoverable receivers, Trevion Henderson being a bad, bad boy, and then like all the things that are happening with the offensive line it seems to be good to me, at least from afar.
2: I, I know that I, I'm, a little, a, I'm a little curious about the offensive line.
1: We can get into that. Yeah. But but the point here is if Ohio State's gonna average 50 points a game. Tell me one team in this country that they can't beat on any given day.
2: The only one that I think is even worthy of discussion right now is Georgia because Georgia's defense looks like it's generationally good.
1: Yes, um, but I think that Georgia's mm-hmm. offense is containable.
2: Yeah, I agree. They're, they're missing a lot of playmakers. That's Bennett as a quarterback right now. Like I totally agree on that. But um, I mean, but they're I mean, there are also teams too. They're they're at the play. Like I think Penn State's defense is really good. Um, and their secondary in particular is is among the best. I think it's the best in the Big Ten and it's among the best in the country.
1: Was that Penn State or was that Petras?
2: Penn State or Petrus. What do you mean? Well,
1: like what was going on with that Iowa offense for four and a half, for three and a half quarters?
2: They stink. They, That's what I'm saying. They stunk all, all year. Petrus no, no, I'm not. I don't think, I don't, I I thought Penn State's defense was really good before that game.
1: No, um, I know, but I'm saying like for the dominant fashion, would you say that was Penn State's defense or do you think it was Petrus being terrible?
2: Uh, It's a mix of both. In that particular case, maybe a little more of Petrus being terrible, um, but I still think it's a good defense um, and I still think Iowa's got a good defense. I think Michigan State has piqued my interest. Um, Michigan, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Uh, Our producer, John Hayes, said, and first of all, let me say something on this podcast. John, I'm super sorry about my take about Iowa losing by two touchdowns. I know that they ended up covering the spread, and I was technically right on paper but that wasn't an indication that I was right at all about the way that game was going to go. Like, I was completely wrong, and that just shows you that gambling sucks or is great because you don't always have to be right to win or lose. But, buddy, the Big Ten East is cocky. I'm sorry.
2: It's fake good. No.
1: Uh, oh, It's only as, fake, a, as, it's, as related to Ohio State, I should say.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, it's only... I think if you know what these teams are, like if you live if you exist in the Big Ten uh ecosphere, that's a word, I think you had a pretty good feel for what these teams are. I don't think they're bad, but like we said on the last show, like they're they are all of all three of them are very limited offensively. Um and Michigan's defense, I don't think, is quite as good as Penn State's and, and Iowa's. So like they're not the totality of what they have, I don't think looks like a top 10 team to me, but I still think they're they're decent enough. Um, but I don't think any of them are really close to being as good as Ohio State. But I do, like, Michigan State's interesting to me. Michigan State, you know, handled Rutgers rather easily over the weekend. They haven't lost yet. And then the, Michigan State's got a pretty good defense, like a top 40-ish defense. Its offense at the moment is incredibly efficient, surprisingly explosive, and they have... What I think maybe those other teams that we're talking about don't have is a is a bona fide stud in Kenneth Walker who like isn't dependent on someone getting him the ball to take over a game. Like they don't. Is he, he top ten
1: player individually in college football? Is that fair?
2: He's playing like one certainly. Like he's I did not we did a Heisman straw poll that started last week. I did not put him on there, and maybe that was a mistake at the time. But I'm going to put him on there this week. Um, he's really good, and he was good awake Wake Are You putting Stroud on it? No, not yet. Uh I guess I have to look at the numbers. We're probably not yet. No. Um,
1: also, one other thing, not to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Um, Oklahoma's new, new quarterback. Is it possible for him, Caleb yeah. Williams, to win the Heisman this year?
2: Yes, because it feels so wide open. So, like, if he, if what he did against Texas is just what he's going to do the rest of the year, then yes, I think he can. Um, but I don't even know. Like, do you... This is an Ohio State podcast, but I think Ohio State fans care about what's happening in rest, around the rest of the country because it impacts their ability to make the playoff. Is Caleb Williams going to be Oklahoma starter the rest of the year?
1: I don't know, but I think so. I don't know how you go back to the to the Rattler.
2: Yeah, I'm just happy now that uh, when Quinn Ewers supplants C.J. Stroud at some point next year, we don't have to just call it a Kelly Bryanting; we can call it a Rattlering too. It's well, nice here's to have the thing, have dude. Have options. It's
1: like I thought there was a chance that the McCord situation was going to be that. Now it's a little bit different because they're both young and both inexperienced and Oklahoma has a history of benching Rattler, especially in the Texas game. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what this, I don't cover Oklahoma. So and I don't even know if Lincoln Riley's addressed it yet, but to me, I don't know how, when everybody's eyes know who's better, you can go back. And like some of those, sometimes it's just kind of like the genies out of the bottle and then that's it. Um.
2: Yeah, and that's Ohio. what we were anticipating could happen. I, I am mean, granted, could it was happen. Akron, it was Akron, and not Texas, but I think ever all of us were open to the idea that that could have happened with Kyle McCord, and it didn't happen. And and something I think has clicked with C.J. Stroud because of that too. Like I think, I think partly yes, C.J. Stroud was injured. And he needed to rest, and and that rest is benefiting him right now. For some reason, he did say that uh, God has granted him a supernatural ability to heal, and thus his shoulder feels fine now. So, uh, CJ Stroud apparently is a superhero. Um, but I also think there was something there with like showing CJ Stroud sort of uh, how quickly he can lose that spot. And I think I think there's uh, an extra kind of motivation there that kicked in for him. Um, the severity of the situation I think landed for him in a major way when he was on the sideline after starting the first three games for Ohio State when he probably could have played in that game. So um, it's not it's not all just the shoulder. I, I don't think. And and Ryan Day like kind of alluded to that a little bit. Uh, but honestly, I don't really think it matters all that much. What what changed for him? The the what matters is that he looks like of uh, stud right now. Like, I, I don't know like how much has your um, read, I guess on CJ Stroud changed over the last two weeks, even though they have played Rutgers in Maryland.
1: I think it's clear that he's really, really good. I think that I just, in order to me to really be a hundred percent bought back in, I want to see him do it against a really good team. Like I know. Yeah. And it's, I said that we weren't going to get over reactionary to these games. Listen, dude, a month is a long time. It's been a month since the Oregon game now, almost. And three games, three weeks, three more weeks of context nationally. It does a lot in separating your viewpoints from a month ago. This sport is ever changing. There's always a lot of new information. There's a million games. It's hard. Ohio state was poopy earlier this year. I mean, they they weren't very good. And I made the joke about the flex tape. And I'm, I don't think that Ohio State's transition is just a band-aid. The, the the bad teams they played are band-aids over it. But I also don't want to sit here and pretend like the defense is 100% fixed. CJ Stroud is a Heisman favorite. And now Ohio State's going to score 55 points a game. I want to see them go kick the crap out of a competent team with a pulse. Like Maryland is truly and utterly awful and they were without one of their best players you know what i mean like and i know that's top two receivers
2: was missing its top two receivers and i think it's two starting cornerbacks if i'm not mistaken
1: nobody on earth in that stadium could have covered ohio state's receivers and i think that stroud made some really good throws with anticipation that one Olave. um Toss over the middle that split the defenders. Now Olave was open at the end of it, but to recognize where he was headed and to put it mm-hmm. there on, on stride, there's a lot of skillful throws that he's making. You know, and also I think that he's moved well, a lot yeah. better than people gave him credit for. Um, I'm confident in his ability to take this team to an undefeated Big Ten slate. But before I get excited or act like it's all's good in the hood, I want to see him beat a really really good team.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, he has, I think, the last two weeks he's just sort of done done what Ohio State's needed him to do. And and I and I wrote after the game like his job was never going to be overly or overly complicated. Like his the skill around him is so good, the offensive line is so good that like he doesn't need to be like I don't know. He doesn't need to be doing what Caleb Williams was doing against Texas. But I do think that point will come eventually if Ohio State does or, or is, is in a position to do what it wants to do this year, which is to say win a national championship. Um, I think CJ Stroud will have to show himself to be a playmaker. And I think we've seen glimpses of it. Um, He seems a little more comfortable when he gets outside the pocket. Now a little more decisive to run the ball. I agree. I thought like he had some escapes against Maryland that, that were, I thought were pretty impressive that I didn't really know he had in him. Um, One of which he, he kind of, he, avoided a sack stepped up wasn't really set and kind of threw on the run coming forward to Garrett Wilson 29 yards on the field on the sideline I thought that was a really good play he did a similar thing with Chris Olave against Rucker. so I think he has that in him to what degree I'm not sure certainly not to like a Justin Fields degree but maybe a little more than like a Dwayne Haskins degree like somewhere in the middle there which I think is a pretty good spot to be in um, you don't have to be an otherworldly freak like Justin Fields was or like Caleb Williams was to use him as an example again but I do think that that um caution that i think you're voicing is is fair because even though Rutgers and maryland are by like advanced metrics the two best defenses ohio state has played thus far this year they're clearly you know not the same caliber of what ohio state's going to see when it plays michigan state michigan penn state and probably iowa in the big 10 championship and then whatever comes in the playoffs so but but i do i think it's encouraging to see cj stroud heading in this direction after a subpar start to the season where we, like you said, thought three weeks ago, this kid might be on the precipice of losing his job. And he's like responded, I think, in the best possible way to that.
1: You know, I think that the good news is, is that we can kind of drop the quarterback stuff and just let it happen. Now, you know, I think that even though Ryan day has always been in complete control of what's going on and, you know, probably never had the same thoughts and discussions that we as the media and and fans were having, Mm -hmm. There has to be a benefit for CJ Stroud and this team for it to just be like, okay, he's the guy. Let him settle in. You know, he's played what, five games now? Yep. By the time they play Penn State, if he goes out and plays the way I believe he's capable of playing in that game, that could be the the beginning or the birth of a star. You know? And I don't know what's going to happen a year from now. I don't know if Quinn Ewers is going to be Ohio State's starting quarterback a year from now. If the Spencer Rattler situation taught us anything, it's that the Tua, uh, Jalen Hurts thing isn't going to be unique anymore. I think that quarterbacks coming out of high school are just too good to keep on the bench. So who knows? But I think that Ohio State is built enough, well enough, I should say, to make the playoff this year. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing I'll say. You watch the Bama game, I'm assuming.
2: Uh, I was slipping back and forth between that in Michigan, but I saw I saw the good parts of the Bama game.
1: Yeah, well, the Michigan game was over before the good stuff happened. Yeah. And the one thing I will say is, Bama, you know when when you look at the Ohio State game losing to Oregon, you could just say that Ohio State there was something wrong with them that day. Like they were clicking. They weren't clicking. Their defense was all over the place. Young players were playing in positions they probably shouldn't have conceptually they were off coaching was, was underwhelming all that we've talked about it. We've, we don't need a rehash. It all. Bama just straight up lost like Texas A&M was winning and beat the crap out of them the entire first half. Bama came back and Jameson Williams, by the way, star in the making, but
2: uh, your life's pretty easy when no one covers you.
1: <laughs> I know no. but he's, he's been, he's been with their most consistent player yes. all year. Um, but the point is, is that they went up 38, 31 after losing the entire you know, first three and a half quarters. Looked like Texas A&M was going to be an Aggie no situation. Texas A&M took it from them. That wasn't a coaching thing. That wasn't a talent thing. That was just one team losing to another team. And that's like the, it's been a long time. So we've seen Bama do that, you know, and if Bama, if Bama is in that scenario this year. Ohio state just needs to make the playoff. And I think that this team conceptually in theory could be good enough to win a national championship this year. If chips fall the right way, Mm -hmm. if they start clicking, you know, they're finding something with some new personnel on defense and they, you know, we, we saw a team transform. Unlike any other team I've ever seen transform in 2014. And I'm not trying to ever compare anybody to that because that is, Truly, a, 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 you can make a movie out of that. But we're not even into mid-October yet. Ohio State's tremendously talented. You've got some of the most explosive offensive playmakers in the entire country. A quarterback that's kind of finding himself. If you fix a few things on the back end of your defense, you know, Steel Chambers, you know, comes along and becomes a stud. You know, the, the defensive line starts finding some more guys. You know, the, the new concepts in the secondary, you know, start working out Denzel Burke becomes a star. Like you, you remember at the beginning of the year, we were talking about who's going to step up and be those whole, those, those transformative players. Mm-hmm. It's like, could steel chambers be a transformative player?
2: Yeah, I think he could Ellie be jumping the gun. I mean, it's an absurd thing to say out loud because the was a running back two months ago. But he's, he's got a history,
1: a long history of playing linebacker.
2: He does, and like he he is getting better every week. It's like you can when you watch Ohio State every every week, and you're around them day to day, and you pay attention to that stuff, which like you and I do, and the people listening to this podcast do. I don't know how you could come to the, any other conclusion than than Steel Chambers is is clearly getting better week by week.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of RSN's varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply
1: is Cody Simon a transformative player
0: I think he could be if he can get healthy
1: is Denzel Burke a transformative player
2: uh, he will be I don't know if he is if he's quite ready to be that this year but I think he will be and maybe we'll I don't know. he's like a future American for sure but is JT to possibly? Yeah. possibly yes Jack Sawyer Possibly. <laughs> Listen, all you have to
1: say is possibly to five or seven names, and if three turn out that way, then you got a national championship team. My point yeah. here is is that I think Ohio State, with their new defensive scheme, which, by the way, is as simple as simple comes.
2: It is, Let these yes.
1: guys go out and ball. Let them be superior athletically. They don't have to be perfect. Ohio State's offense just scores 50 points a game. When they play Penn State, they score 31, which will be more than enough. When they play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, they'll score 31. It'll be more than enough. Get them in the playoff and then outside of Georgia. And I still think that they can beat Georgia. Like Ohio State clicking at the end of the year. It's crazy how much you can change your your viewpoint. Now, this is fun because it's like Oregon game doesn't count anymore. Because everybody's got that same scenario. And when you're all starting from square one again, Ohio State's at the front of the line again. Yeah. So the fun part is is now you have a few weeks of, of more of either a, a open week or cocky games. Oh, by the way, I like saying poopy and cocky because I was uh, watching Superbad the other day and he said poopy and I thought that was, you know, <laughs> it's in my head. But like the Penn State game is going to be fun. And I'll say this about Penn State too. They're in the same scenario that they were in on Friday. You went yeah. out, you're in. Yep. You know, and the Sean Clifford thing, I hope isn't a big deal. If Sean Clifford stayed in the game, I think they would have won that game easily. Um, I agree. Penn State is the second best team they've had in the Franklin era this year.
2: Yeah, that the 16 s- team was the best. 16, 17, they were pretty good. Yeah.
1: That to me is the biggest game of the year. Michigan is fine, but Nebraska is getting better too. I mean, when you think about Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, um, and Penn State left on the schedule, they got a pretty tough way about it. You know, if they are undefeated in the Big Ten and Big Ten championships by the end of the year, I would say that's a battle-tested team that could beat anybody in the playoff, including Alabama right now. Clearly, a day removed from, from Alabama being brought back down to Earth.
2: I say to you that I think Ohio State's toughest remaining test before it gets to the playoff is Michigan State. Does that? Do you think that's crazy?
1: I think it's premature.
2: Yeah, it probably is premature. I think they look the most well-rounded, most balanced, um, most explosive, most capable of potentially scoring enough to keep up with Ohio State of any of the remaining teams on our schedule.
1: I don't know. Penn State, when things are, I mean, Penn State in the first half was pretty explosive in that Iowa game, and Iowa's got a really good defense. Yeah. I mean, they were taking what they wanted. They had a few bad picks in the red zone that are in the I end zone.
2: Like, I agree with you that Sean Clifford would but have Sean, been able to manage that game in a way that Penn State would have won had he not gotten hurt, but I don't think he's that dude. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, And may like Peyton Thorne's probably not that dude either. But. but Sean
1: Clifford was probably a much better than you thought he was going to be, right?
2: Uh, Yes, because I thought he'd be terrible. So like there was a lot of room for growth there. I don't I think he is uh, serviceable now. I don't think he is great. I think he's still pretty limited.
1: They have,
2: but he's got good weapons around him. The receivers really. Good. I mean, he's
1: going to play in the Ohio
2: State game, right? I have no I actually didn't see what happened to him. I like was writing in most of the first half of the Iowa game and then like I got done writing and looked up and Taquan Robertson was in the game and I don't, I don't actually know what happened to him. So like did, did you see it like did it look- I didn't
1: see it but I saw got a lot happening in my house right now. Oh. And I saw that he that he went to the locker room before halftime but just based on his temperament on the sideline it didn't look he was running around and, you know, he had his pads off, but it wasn't like he was limping or
2: he didn't like have like, a brace or anything on. Like he was in not, that I, not that I he recall. Did, it, he was walking it around fine. Yeah. I don't know. He, he
1: wasn't in street clothes. I think he was still wearing his football pants and his dry fit undershirt.
2: Oh, okay. And like, was
1: like engaged in the game. Like it wasn't like he was in the back of the locker room, like getting figured out, like he was out there. Right. So I don't know if it was just a, you know, and sometimes a, a finger injury or something, you know, could, keep somebody out like Russell Wilson's out six weeks because of a finger injury, I think. So, you know, I'm not trying to play medical doctor, especially because I don't know specifically what's wrong with him. But my understanding is that Penn State has a bye week after they or before they play Illinois, then they have a bye week again when they play Illinois, like Penn State's got three (laughs) weeks to prepare for this game.
2: They have three weeks to prepare for the game. They have three weeks to get Sean Clifford right. Yeah. So I think yeah. my, my anticipation would be that he does play in that game without knowing. And I, I think James Franklin does like the Ryan Day thing. Like if a guy's not out for the year, he doesn't tell you what's wrong with him um, or how long he might be out. So I think it's probably fair to assume that Sean Clifford will play in that game. If it's three weeks from now, they have an off week and then they play a bad Illinois team. Like because they can beat, like, they can put Taquan Roberson back there and like run the wing T and beat Illinois. Um,
1: yeah. I, the reason why I'm not with you on the Michigan ga- state game is because it's home.
2: Yeah, so it's like, Penn State
1: game. Yeah, yeah, I think that I would say that Michigan is probably the biggest test of the year. Like, I think Ohio State is going to beat them handily, but if Michigan is like in their revenge tour, like version of itself, where they have one loss or zero losses going into that game at home, like that better be their freaking Super Bowl. Like, that better be like the biggest game in Ann Arbor the last five years. And we've seen really good Ohio State teams struggle with Michigan teams in the past. So, like, I'm not trying to talk myself into it, but based on the way Michigan has looked this year and the fact that it's the only game left against a, a top 10 team right now on the road, like, I think that has, has to end in, in a rivalry game where emotions and jobs could be on the line. Like, you're laughing at me, I think. But, like, I just don't no. know if that's just, like, the default the default answer here.
2: I'm not laughing at you. I'm, deci- I'm deciding whether or not I want to put this hypothetical out to the universe. <laughs>
1: It's a podcast, so absolutely.
2: Uh, Ohio State is rocking shit for the next month. Everyone's on the playoff train. Here we go. And then perennial pain in the ass. Michigan State comes to Ohio Stadium in the second to last week of the season and just totally upends those dreams.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've seen it before. (laughs) I don't know if this, I mean, listen, we'll we'll find out. Michigan State and Michigan play each other first. They do, yeah. That'll be good uh, to see, uh, get a good litmus test. Like this in two weeks or three weeks three weeks here's the thing i don't know what the spread is uh but i have a sneaky suspicion that they're going to lose in indiana this weekend because this is the exact type of game that michigan state is
2: traditionally lost. i was just thinking to myself like you think ohio state's going to lose at indiana i forgot they have a bye week uh yeah i can see that i don't think i think the big ten east is pretty good i don't know if there's like a tremendous gap between Penn State, uh, Michigan State, Michigan, and then like between those three, and then like Indiana is is below them, but like not so below them that Indiana couldn't come up and beat any one of those teams. Um, Especially because we know that. traditionally
1: when Michigan State is not playing well, it's really hard to watch.
2: Yeah, but they have Have they had a game? I've like, I I, I've not watched much of Michigan State. I'm like basing my thoughts on Michigan State largely off of like re- reading statistics and then like reading the stories that Colton Pouncey's been writing. Um, so I've not watched them, but they have. They they had like a stinker where they look like boring end of Dantonio era Michigan State this year.
1: Uh, n- the Nebraska game was kind of ugly. Yeah, but also Nebraska is like shockingly competent all of a sudden.
2: They get a good defense, Nebraska. Yeah.
1: So I don't know if that counts. Like I just like sometimes I'm confused between clunker and good defense.
2: You know, and like it's especially hard in the Big Ten. (laughs)
1: It really is. Because it's like, what was that game? The Penn State Iowa game. I don't even know what that was. Was that like two top five teams kicking the shit out of each other, or was that two top five teams kicking the shit out of us?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think uh
1: I made a tweet. Would you rather eat the chip of death or watch Iowa's offense uninterrupted for three hours straight
2: chip all day? Give me the chip because they are
1: buddy. They're not number three. I'll tell you that. I know they won. They ain't number three.
2: They are the quintessential Iowa team in that they are nasty on defense Terrible on offense. The only way they score is if if you if the defense gives them the ball on the thirty-five yard line. But when it's tight at the end, they're going to hit some stupid tight end Ass. throwback play that you weren't ready for, and that's how they're going to beat you.
1: They couldn't get a first down the entire game, and then they just throw those back. Like, how does somebody get that wide open?
2: Especially when you're playing design? Iowa. Yeah, it's like, oh, what are, what did the sign by Brian Ferentz? Like they've been running that play for twenty-two years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They wrote thanks it was, initially, yeah. they etched it into stone with the with corn.
2: Right. Right. Good. Thanks for dusting that one off, Brian. Yeah. I don't I don't know how Penn State got caught on that one, but um, they didn't really probably didn't deserve to win that game with the way that their offense just kind of ran into a brick wall after Sean Clifford went out. But I don't know. Like we and I thought
1: their offense was was shockingly good. Maybe not shockingly because Dotson is a stud. Yes, he is. But they they took what they wanted from Iowa's defense in the first half of that game
2: they did yeah 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 which is which is noteworthy for sure and, and i and i suppose would we'll back up your assertion that that penn state is the game moving forward i think i think that's probably right but i don't know like how did you feel about ohio state like navigating the back end of the schedule 2 weeks ago compared to how you feel about it now knowing everything you know about ohio state and everything you've seen from those three teams the last couple of weeks
1: i think ohio state is considerably better than all of them and i also have a hard time deciphering between the three of them yeah they're all kind of the same team in my head like gritty tough really bought into the scheme and system that their coach has can beat anybody on the right day but also just aren't quite there and if ohio state is ohio state then i don't believe that they'll lose any of them now cumulatively that's different it's like every if you like put michigan penn state Michigan state and say, will Ohio state win this individual game. I think the answer has to be unequivocally that it would be yes. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you add the Michigan, Michigan state game and Penn state game into a month and a half period, and then, Oh, by the way, they might play Iowa in the big 10 championship game that uh, name, another team that has a more difficult schedule to close out their year. Now they don't have, they don't have the marquee number one versus number three game where against a legitimate power, there's no Georgia on the schedule. There's no powerhouse on the schedule, but playing Michigan and teams like it four times in the next six weeks or eight weeks is a really tough thing to manage. So like to me, if Ohio state is a one loss big 10 champion at the end of the year, you know, you're looking at a situation where they've earned their spot in the playoffs more than anybody else in college football, potentially. Cause like, even if you go look at Georgia, their entire team is that what they're playing Kentucky this weekend, which you might be a good game. Yeah, it could be. And I think they've got to play. They've got to play Florida. Um, but they have a cakewalk of a schedule. So, listen, I think that Ohio State is in a very good position right now. The season is fun again. I am very excited to see them play Penn State, and I think it's cool to watch the chaos of the sport around us as we wait till the end of October for that game. Cause yeah. like, I don't think that Ohio state's going to have another slip up obviously between now and that game and a lot could happen in the next three weeks. So it's super exciting. And I can't wait to see how it all unfolds
2: that the season has, and I'm talking about like through the Ohio state lens, this has taken on a different, different kind of feeling than I thought it would have after the Oregon game. Like I just, I just thought after Ohio state lost to Oregon, it would be like, okay, can Ohio state get its shit together and not lose the rest of the year. But that would always like, kind of like be under the umbrella of like, well, even if they do, it might not be enough. It might not be enough. It might not be enough because Alabama and Georgia felt inevitable. Um, There were some other teams, I think at that time, that, that maybe people were a little higher on than they are now. And now it just feels like to me that like Ohio state, it almost feels a little bit inevitable. <laughs> inevitable and I don't know if I would have felt that way after the Oregon game. And, and I, I wonder if Ohio state fans are feeling the same way or if there's something in the back of their mind, that's telling them like this is not fixed in the way that we think it is because they played Rutgers in Maryland. I tend to think that they got some things fixed and that Oregon loss is going to be wiped away. And this is, this is the Ohio state we kind of expected to see coming into this season and they're going to kind of run through this the remaining Big Ten schedule and get to the playoff just like we all thought they would.
1: Yeah. I. Uh, do you think that your viewpoint of Ohio State has shifted as a result of what's happening around them in the sport or because of what Ohio State is doing?
2: More because of what they're doing, but the other part is certainly in there too.
1: Yeah. Where are you on that? 50-50, I think.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I like think, I answer, think
1: sometimes we – our job has always been to analyze, break down, and scrutinize Ohio State. And sometimes I think you can get so locked into that vision, into that focus, that you forget that everybody else has their, their shit all over the place too. <laughs> and it's just like, this year, Ohio State's issues seem particularly bad. It's like, I don't want to forget that. Like, they, they had issues that we weren't sure were fixable. And in October, having played Akron, Maryland, and Rutgers since then, I don't know that we could definitively say that they are fixed
2: yet. But dude, everybody sucks. <laughs> everybody doesn't suck. Everybody, everyone's got issues. Everyone's got everybody
1: issues. sucks. In the sense, And everybody gets fired up when I say everyone sucks. Everybody's pretty good.
2: Yes, I think that's. You know video. what I mean. Everyone, everyone's pretty good. No one's,
1: yeah. yeah, everyone's pretty good, but like the the sucking is funnier because Alabama doesn't suck, but last night they sucked, or Saturday night when they Saturday lost.
2: Saturday night, yeah. yeah Ohio
1: yeah. State doesn't suck, but they sucked against Oregon. Yeah, like everybody's had moments of sucking, except Georgia. Yeah. And by the way, Georgia, he still got to beat Bama. And I I actually, I think that you could say that Georgia was the biggest winner of of the weekend because now they're in a position where they might be facing a one-loss Alabama team in the SEC championship game. And given what's going on, if they're undefeated in that game, they could lose and still get in. Right. I think that if it was was undefeated versus undefeated, that's different. But if a one-loss team beats an undefeated team and they both are sitting there with one loss through the SEC schedule, then they're both going to go. So, and maybe that was makes Cincinnati a loser. This isn't a college football playoff show, but what are we three weeks away from being in that realm?
2: I think the, the first, first ranking? rankings will come out after Ohio State plays Penn State. I think it's
1: so yeah. like we are like, do you even know what your top four would be?
2: My top four right now, uh, Georgia, um, I mean, I probably put Cincinnati at two, even though I don't really think they're deserving of that or, or like good enough that you would think of them that way. But, you know, they haven't lost. Um, I think I probably still have Bama three or maybe I have Bama four. Um, and then I, I suppose you put Oklahoma up there. I don't know. Am I forgetting somebody obvious?
1: I think that mine would be Georgia. Oklahoma, Ohio State, Cincinnati. No Bama. Bama just lost recency bias. They'd be five.
2: Yeah. They lost to a talented AM team on the road that had not played well in a couple of games, but like AM is not you look at like the roster composition of AM. It's not I don't think I don't find it all that shocking that they beat Alabama at home.
1: It's just so AM that they have two losses when they
2: really did it. Yeah.
1: Also, if you watched an AM play at all earlier in the year, they couldn't get a first down.
2: If you their offense is pretty bad, yeah. It's
1: like it was horrifyingly bad. So I don't know. The stars aligned for sure.
2: They did. I don't yeah. think that
1: I don't think that I think that losing to Oregon is a better loss than losing to AM right now. Now that was on the road and Ohio State was home. Mm-hmm. And Texas A&M Stadium is bonkers loud. Yep, uh, and probably, probably without question, one of the top five most intimidating stadiums in the entire country. And I had friends that were at the game saying that it was the loudest environment they've ever, they've ever felt. So that's that. But like, I don't think that A&M is unquestionably better than Oregon. Maybe unquestionably more talented.
2: More talented on paper. Uh... They got a
1: backup quarterback, dude.
2: Yeah, yeah, no I know I know. I th- I think I think Oregon Oregon is like more organized, better sense of who it is. A M less so but has better players.
1: I guess you have to say that Jimbo Fisher is a better coach than Mario, right? Uh or I mean circumstance. He's got match. a ring.
2: He's got a ring, so I guess you have to say that. I don't know. I, I probably view them about the same. Shout out to Jimbo though for being the first uh, Saban assistant to upend him. Good for him.
1: That stat 24-0, considering who those assistants were, is yeah. is not ins- Like the, the Nick Saban stats are so shockingly incredible that like they make LeBron stats look like tame.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. Very true. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy.
1: Fall guy. to the poster said?
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because
1: I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
2: Yeah. So Ohio State's entering the bye week. Uh, plays at Indiana in two weeks, and then plays Penn State after that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I feel like I'm like way too high on this team now. I probably am, and maybe there are people listening to this who definitely think we are. I just think they found something. Like I, th- I think, I think this coaching staff has like gotten out of its own way a little bit, and I think in the past we've seen Ohio State coaching staffs that that. Had immensely talented rosters that, like, just didn't let those guys do what they do well. And I feel like this staff has come around to allowing this talented collection of players do what they do well on both sides of the ball. Are you
1: with me that you want to see it in application?
2: Yeah, of, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, there's always going to be a little bit of reservation there because of that. Um, but I also don't know, like, if they do it, do you view Penn State in a way where if they do it against Penn State, you're like, okay, I'm convinced.
1: Convinced that they are better or back?
2: Convinced that they're back, yeah. I do. Yeah, I think I would too. I think it would be unfair to. Convince that
1: State they're back me. and convince that they would. This year, anybody can win the national championship. Like, I think Ohio State in a normal playoff field would still be more susceptible to losing than previous Ohio state teams would in their respective years. But in this year, I don't look at any team in college football and say, Ohio state can't beat them.
2: Yeah. I think I agree with that, but I, but I would not have said that two weeks ago.
1: I would not have either. I mean, also part of it too, it's not the scheme for me or the coaches like Ohio state's getting production from, they figure out who they want on the field.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Players who are on the field are producing. And it seems like they are, you know what word I would use for the Oregon game? Disorganized. Yeah. It was just like, it was just kind of like everything was going on in a million different directions. Everybody was playing. The coaches didn't know what to run. And it was just like a a shit show. And like now, Ohio State knows its scheme. It knows who it's going to rely on for better or worse. The players that they need to rely on are producing. And Ohio State's offense woke up. It's a completely different feel to the team. Now, I think part of that is who they've played because, of course, they're going to beat the crap out of those teams. But that can't be all of it. I mean, rotations are completely independent from who you're playing. Scheme is completely independent from who you're playing. These are decisions that have been made that seem to have rectified issues. So that matters. But I want to see it, in theory, against a really good team, that controls its own destiny, like Penn state. And if they beat the crap out of Penn state or win by 10 or win by 14, like they probably will, then you have a team that controls its own destiny in the big 10. That's beaten a really good team. I think you could make the case right now that Penn state is a better football team than Oregon. Yeah. So to me, that would be a very nice step in the right direction for sure. And I think that Ohio state from a marketability standpoint for the playoff committee Is certainly one of the top four teams. If there was a, if they were putting teams in tomorrow, they would be one of them. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't know about that. I don't. I, I think think they would four would be then. If the committee was voting tomorrow, putting up, putting on a top four tomorrow,
1: I guess Georgia, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and and Bama.
2: Probably, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And honest, you sure
1: Cincinnati's going over Ohio State?
2: Right now, I Do this yes. shit every year, man. Right now, <laughs> right now, right now, yes.
1: Yeah. I guess if Ohio State starts beating Michigan and Michigan State and Penn State, that changes. Yeah. But, you know, Cincinnati got a nice boost from Notre Dame not choking against Virginia Tech, and, you know, that helps. But BYU
2: lost, by the way. I saw that, yeah. So that's one big one for Boise. Did you
1: everything that happened? Like, has it hit you yet?
2: BYU lost. Red River was crazy. Alabama lost. Uh, Ed Ogeron had a tarmac game. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Am I missing something else?
1: Uh, Yeah, you are. Uh, Well, the Ole Miss-Arkansas game was insane. Yeah. Unless you used the tarmac game.
2: Michigan almost almost lost at Nebraska. Yeah, also Kentucky's pretty good. Kentucky is undefeated and gets an unbeaten versus unbeaten against Georgia. Next forgetting
1: week. about the Iowa Penn State game.
2: The Iowa Penn. No, I, I've intentionally forgetting about the Iowa Penn State game because yeah. I, I, my eyeballs like that, that
1: was hurt. That was an important piece of context. In North Carolina, got their butts kicked by Florida State. Yeah. Like, I am egg on my face, but
2: <laughs> He got I macked. Was,
1: I, I, I got macked, and I, and I admitted that I got macked before the season started, and now getting macked feels different. like before the year we're getting Mac meant he he helped you and convinced you to see the vision
2: right
1: now getting Mac means I was like literally conned
2: (laughs) you're catfished by Mac Brown (laughs) yeah
1: like Mac Brown is the most charismatic he's a beautiful man sitting in his office has forever changed the way that I view him and his program they are cocky
2: (laughs) (laughs) I could get you beat So listen, this is a great season, man.
1: This is a great season. I'm having a lot of fun. And you know what? I know this is an Ohio State podcast, and we're supposed to be catering to Ohio State fans. We love you guys. We really do rate, review, subscribe to The Athletic. You know the spiel. But new blood is fun.
2: New blood is fun. Like there's a lot, there's a ton of intrigue right now that I think is not always present at this point in the college football season. There's been times where like the writing has been on the wall for a while, but how it's going to end, um, and maybe it'll end that way this year too. But now it doesn't feel that way. Uh, but at the same time, like if you're an Ohio State fan, like taking all that in and enjoying it, I, I do think now Ohio State in that picture is in a much different place, I think, than we thought they would be after that Oregon game.
1: Look, listen, imagine because a first round, in. a first round playoff game of Ohio State versus Cincinnati.
2: Stuart Mandel uh, in his first bowl rankings, which are bowl projections, that I think about two weeks ago, had like an Ohio State Cincinnati Fiesta Bowl, which wasn't a playoff game. But now, yeah, Ohio State, Ohio State Cincinnati Cotton Bowl, the playoff semifinal on the table.
1: Okay. Um, let's play a game before we go. Ready? All right. I'm going to say a team, and you tell me if they suck by saying sucks.
2: Okay. Alabama. No. Georgia. No. Iowa. Sucks. Penn State. (laughs) Might suck. (laughs) Oklahoma. No, I don't think so. Uh, TBD.
1: (laughs) How about you ask me?
2: Yeah, you're going to say everyone sucks. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Okay, Alabama. (laughs) Alabama. Sucks. Georgia. Doesn't suck. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma. Sucks. Cincinnati. Doesn't suck. (laughs) Ohio State. sucks (laughs) everybody everybody
1: sucks Iowa
2: sucks Penn State sucks Michigan sucks Michigan State sucks (laughs) Jacksonville Jaguars
1: sucks (laughs) Nebraska
2: does that suck no Nebraska sucks
1: but whoever, whoever emerges from the suck pile can win the national championship, though. Yeah. Just because I am saying you suck now doesn't mean you can't win one. Listen, Penn State could run the table and win a national title this year.
2: Eh, I don't know about that. No, in theory, they could. <laughs> I mean, could. in theory, they could, yes. The, the path is there, the capability. I'm I don't know so if they're sure.
1: going to beat Ohio State, but Penn State absolutely could play on the same field as some of these other teams that we're talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: I think Penn State could play with Bama this year.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Wait, am I overreacting to the Bama shit?
2: I think you're overreacting to the Bama shit a little bit.
1: I'm overreacting because Texas A&M took it from. Not because they shit their pants.
2: I do not think. I think if Penn State and Alabama played, Alabama wins by like, I don't know. 50? (laughs) Four touchdowns. (laughs) That's funny.
1: Buddy, I love you. What a great Saturday that was!
2: Excellent Saturday. Uh, Ohio State's off, but there's some. You know, there's might be some games worth watching this week, which is not always the case when Ohio State's off. So I'm excited about that. Um, mailbag this week? I was thinking either mailbag or maybe we get into some recruiting talk. We have not really done much recruiting discussion. Um, I know. In a while, so sure?
1: I don't really like that stuff.
2: Yeah, you're. I know you're not into that, but I, I would hope that you could get over that to talk about Ohio State's recruiting efforts. Maybe when we come back and talk with the fine folks later this week. Sounds good, bud. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Thanks so much for working with my schedule, too. I just we're in the mode where I just text Landis. You want to do the pod in 10 minutes? And it's just like
2: (laughs) I have a 35 minute window to do this podcast Yeah, before the baby wakes up. Let's do it. Uh, what was the
1: food in the uh, in the stadium like and Uh, hit hit me man hit me with. I covered 10 years worth of games uh, at Ohio Stadium. And Landis sends me a picture of fried chicken two weeks ago. Not once did they have fried chicken in the press box during my tenure there.
2: So So that was a 330 kick right Yeah. or no it was a night game uh against akron um say that this again was, <laughs> night game against akron this was <laughs> this was standard noon game fare. uh breakfast and then hot dogs at halftime and i don't eat the eggs because catered eggs are gross uh so i just ate sausage and potatoes and then might have had a, a frappe or two from mcdonald's
1: they're still still hitting you with the frappes
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. i don't eat the hot dogs either is there because... any post
1: game donados up there
2: not that I saw. I did. I did eat popcorn at halftime. When I don't typically eat popcorn, I know you were a big press box popcorn guy. Big
1: popcorn guy. Love popcorn. It's yeah. the most elite snack a human can have.
2: It's pretty good. Pretty good. I might. The problem is my hands get all uh, like buttery and salty, and then I got to type on my computer. Sacrifices so, do you want to talk man?
1: about the? Uh- I was going to make a joke that I'm regretting making, so just just cut the show. Just cut it before we have to edit it out. (laughs) We won't
2: let you do that. We'll we'll end the show there. Uh, We'll be back with you guys later this week. And as I said, talk a little bit about how the Buckeyes are recruiting as they head into the bye week with Indiana on the other side of that. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys later in the week.